This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, open your Bibles, if you would, to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 7. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 7. I want to bring you a message today entitled, Digging for the Promise. Digging for the Promise. It's amazing how many of you have been on my heart this week as I whispered prayers over you, and I, I just pray the Lord's blessing on your life today, over you and your spouse and, and, and what God is doing in your lives. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 7. How many of you know God's got a promise for us? That was about 20 of you. I said, how many know God's got a promise for us? Amen. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. That's a good thing, a good promise, right? A land with streams and pools of water. You're going to be just able to walk up and drink out of these streams, and you're just going to be able to walk up and drink out of these pools of water with springs flowing in the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, Vines and fig trees. In other words, these vines are already going to be grown. They're already going to have grapes upon them. There's going to be fig trees. Anybody know the figs are in season right now? Yeah, I was uh, at the wedding the other day and there was a big giant fig tree and I walked up with the pastor toward the fig tree and I saw the figs hanging upon it and I said, it'd be a shame to let those stay there. And he said, yes, it would. So like little boys, we stood there and took off the fig tree. And enjoyed. God said their fig trees are already going to be grown. It's already going to be ready for you. There will be pomegranates for you to pick and to eat. There will be olive oil, which means there will be olive trees that are full grown and, and honey. And, and, and for most, they, they, they don't feel like that honey was actually uh, bee honey, but it was date honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out. I want you to notice that. And you can dig copper out of the hills. Now guys, I just want to talk to you for a few moments about God's promises and how quickly they come into your life. How many of you have found that most of the time when God makes you a promise, you have to wait for the promise? How many of you like waiting? How many of you like waiting for your food to be brought? How many of you like waiting to the point that you feel like the waitress has forgotten about you and now you're really waiting? How many enjoy that? Oh, how many like waiting in the construction on Georgia 400? Most of the time, that's not any good at all. Waiting is not a pleasant experience. I think the construction worked in favor for my daughter last night as she was going to be past her curfew and she received grace because I'm stuck in the traffic. I said, oh, one time waiting is good. Amen. You know... If you want a miracle, if you're waiting for God to move for you, waiting is never easy. I mean, if we want a miracle, we're taught you must seek and you must believe. But I want to tell you today that you've got to be willing to do your part and to wait as well. Now, now most of us are looking for quick and, and easy miracles, but there's usually a season of waiting before a miracle happens. Unfortunately, most miracles are forfeited because we give up too soon. 
We stop trusting. We stop believing. We stop waiting for what God has for us. And we give up far too soon. And Because most of us like quick and easy miracles. But there's usually a season of waiting. You see, learning how to wait is important as learning how to seek, as learning how to believe. Now, we want God to just move, and we want to try to prayerfully talk God into what we want. It's sort of like the one man who said this. He, he came to God, and he said, God, he said, how long is a million years to you? And God said back to him, oh, just a second. He said, well, God, how, long, how much is a million dollars to you? And God responded, oh, it's just a penny. So the man said, well, God, could you spare a penny? God responded, yes, son, in a second. Amen. You see, we try to manipulate our way into our miracle. That's the way we, we always seem to be working an angle with God. But I, I think all of us love easy answers to our questions and easy solutions to our problems, but, but easy answers and easy solutions produce shallow convictions. And I, I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel like God, He's spoken to somebody in each one of the services, as Pastor Danny mentioned, but I feel like God specifically sent this message for somebody here right now. You need to understand easy answers and easy solutions produce shallow convictions. I think part of us need a miracle or want an easy miracle. We want miracles that we hardly have to work for and hardly have to pray for. But I think easy miracles produce shallow faith. I, I believe that, that we, have to, we have to pray like it depends on God, but we have to work like it depends on us. Amen. You see, God never promised us easy miracles. I think some of us think God's going to do miracles on command. All right, God, now. I, move, God, move, 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 God. I, I think we should be careful sometimes how we ask. But most miracles are going to require us to wait. You know, God speaking to the Israelites about the promise of the, of, of the land He's going to give them here. He's giving them. I want you to know that He's giving them this promised land. But as He's giving them the promised land, what He's also saying to them is, alright, now you've got to go possess this promised land. You've got to go up and you've got to move into it. You've got to, you've got to go. But here's the problem. Not only was it a perfect place, but there were already people living in the perfect place and they weren't going to just roll over and, and play dead. They weren't just going to go, oh, you're here and move out. They were going to have to fight to possess the promise. And I don't know why I'm divert, uh, pulling back from my message here for a moment, but I want somebody to get what God just dropped into my heart. Some of you are in a battle. Some of you are fighting tooth and nail for life. And I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying to you right now. You're holding on. You're just trying to survive. You feel like you're treading water. Listen to what God has told me. Don't give up. Don't give up on the miracle. Don't give up on God's promise. He's going to bring you through. Keep on holding on for Jesus. Come on now. Give God some praise in this place. Here's the deal. God's gifts are free, but they aren't easy to open. Have you ever opened, uh, overwrapped one of your children's Christmas gifts? Some of you laugh because you did it on purpose. Come on now, amen. But sometimes when they're toddlers, particularly, you wrap and you get excited. And when they start unwrapping, you see the frustration in their face because they, they reach this part and where they just can't seem to tear anymore. And they, they don't understand all the dynamics of, of ripping into that. And you want to see the joy on their face, but you see their frustration because what they're doing requires a ton of effort and they, they don't know how to get it open. I think that what we're looking for is for God to give us something that just pops into our life. And if it's not easy to open, we get discouraged. The Israelites had to fight for God's promise. 
They had to occupy it. They had to weed it. They had to plant it. They had to harvest it. They had to defend it. I don't know why this dropped into my heart right now. I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to me. Somebody, you prayed for that marriage. Now you need to fight for that marriage. You need to press in your heels and you need to look the devil in the face and say, devil, you're not going to win this one because everybody else might tuck tail and run. But you've showed up somewhere where somebody believes the promises of God and we will overcome and we will win by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. I feel it in my heart today. I feel like I'm preaching to all of you, but I feel like I'm preaching to one of you too. Somebody's been calling out in the dark hours going, God, I need help. And God sent me with a message today. Hold on, hold on. Your help is on the way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I feel Jesus. We've got to walk and depend on God. You see, in our text today, God says something very, very clearly. He says that you can, watch this, that you can dig copper out of those hills. That sometimes you got to dig it. When he said to them about the promises, he said, the water's there, you can go drink it. When he said to them about the, the vines, they were already planted and already cultivated. When he said to them about the trees they could pl- pick the fruit from, somebody had already went through the pruning process and grown them to the place that they were going to be able to receive them. But then he said to them, and it's a powerful principle, he said, there's some things that you're going to have to dig for. The last phrase of the miracle, the last phase of the promise, God said, you're going to have to go to the hills and you're going to have to dig for it. He said there will be perfectly formed fashioned copper pipes there, right? He said, oh, you'll just go to the hills and there'll be copper money falling out of the hills. No, he said, you're going to have to mine it. You're going to have to go into the promise and dig out what I've told you is there. You're going to have to dig for the promise. Listen to this simple message. Sometimes receiving the miracle means we need a shovel. The other day I went to plant something in my yard knowing this sermon was coming. I picked up the old shovel that I have and it's not the right kind of shovel. I started digging on that hard, dry dirt. It wasn't a good picture. And I thought, I've got that sermon coming and I'm going to have me a sharp shovel and I'm going to wait. You can stay right there in that pot until I have the right tool in my hands. Some of you need the right tool to get your promise and it's called the shovel of faith. You need to find the shovel of faith. Sometimes receiving the miracle means we need that shovel of faith. We shouldn't be sitting around twiddling our thumbs going, okay, God, what are you going to do? We ought to be optimistic. We ought to get up. We ought to walk in faith. I believe that those who are spirit-filled and spirit-led ought to be the most optimistic, enthusiastic people on the planet because we're walking around in a constant state of expectancy just looking for God to do something amazing. We're looking for God to fulfill His promises. But here's what you need to understand. We need to know that our miracle is around. God's promises are true, but sometimes they're buried somewhere just around here. And what we need is the right tool to uncover the promise. We need the right tool that tells me I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep standing on God's promise. 
Devil, you told me this morning not to go to church, but I'm still going to God's house because I've not given up on my God. I'm still believing. I'm still trusting. You told me not to raise my hand because my hands were dirty, but let me show you how great my God is. I'm going to go on a little further. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep trusting. The devil told you, oh, you can't take it another day. Watch this, devil. I'm going to go not only another day, I'll go another day and another day. Why? Because I still trust in my God. Amen. Amen. Let me just give you a couple quick examples of people who had to get their shovels out in Scripture. Luke chapter 2 tells us the story of Simeon. We don't know how long Simeon's been living on a promise, but this is the promise God had given him. God told Simeon, he said, if you will trust me and believe, you shall see the Messiah with your own eyes. We don't know how many years Simeon had been going up and he'd been looking, flipping over the blankets, looking at the, oh, not that one. Could you imagine those parents, you know, looking at young men going, nope, not that one. He was looking for the Messiah. And on this day, on this time, for whatever reason, the Bible says there something very specifically, that the Holy Ghost came upon him and moved him to go to the temple. One more time, something stirred the promise inside of him. Why? That tells me he may have not been headed out that day, but something inside of him said, get your shovel and go dig a little longer, go look a little further, because the promise is still there. So Simeon gets up and he makes his way to the temple, and the Bible says on this day that he sees the the couple with the child, Jesus, and he runs up to where Jesus is, and he uncovers him, and he lifts him up into the air, and he says, God, you have fulfilled your your promise to me. You have fulfilled your word to me and now I can die because you have done all that you said you were going to do. What this shows me is something that some of us need. What you need is a move of the Holy Ghost of God in your life to remind you you have a promise from God. To remind you that God's not through with you and God's not going to let you die and no matter what lies the devil tells you, you don't have to go under because when God's inside of you, he will lead you and move you to where you see his promise before fulfilled. It's amazing how much better you pay attention when I have a weapon in my hands. Come on now. (laughs) Amen. Somebody's afraid he's going to get too excited and throw it out in the crowd. Amen. You need the Holy Ghost in your life leading you into the promise, trusting and believing what God has sent for you. But also the word says that Simeon had been waiting sometimes you're going to have to keep waiting, but keep waiting, keep believing, keep trusting God. And I think most of us get discouraged because God doesn't meet our deadline. We just give up on our miracles. We get discouraged and we stop digging. Let me, oh, let me rephrase it. We stop believing. We stop praying. We stop worshiping. We stop hoping. We give up. Don't give up. Some of you are so close. So so close. Here's the other problem, though. Most of us can end up like Naaman. Now, Naaman, you'll have to understand, he's from 2 Kings chapter 5. But Naaman is a, a man who became famous by killing the king of Israel. He's famous because of Israel. And being famous because of Israel, he, he, he has all this glory associated with the place. But now, all these years later, he finds leprosy on, on his arm. And as he finds leprosy, he knows that his life is over and he, he knows that he's going to die. And a young Israelite girl in his home comes up to him and says, a slave says, if you'll go back to Israel where you became famous, they also have a prophet there and he can heal you of this. I, I've seen him do that kind of stuff. So Naaman loads up his whole entourage and they go in this great caravan. And, and as they go, they come to Elisha's house and Naaman had played this moment through in his head the whole ride there. 
He'd been just figuring out exactly how this was going to play because this was the famous Naaman, the, the killer of the Israelite king. So when he gets there, all of that crashes around him because he sends word to tell the prophet Elisha that, hey, I'm here and you need to take care of me. And Elisha says to his servant, you just go out and tell him to go take a bath in the Jordan River and he'll be clean. And Naaman is furious. He's absolutely furious. He's upset to the point that he doesn't know how to control himself. He immediately imagines or commands that the, uh, the caravan return to his home country. He's so angry. And he says this to the people. He says, who does he think he is? He said, I had imagined that I would get here and he would come out of the house. He would greet me knowing who I am. You know, that's part of the first problem in our miracle. We're more concerned about who we are than who the God that we're asking for the miracle is. And then he said, and this is how it was going to play out. He was going to do some kind of big show with words and he was going to pass his hand over my, over my arm and I would be clean. I know none of you have ever imagined how your miracle is going to look. Can I just give you a simple biblical truth? It won't look that way when it comes. It won't be anything like what you imagined. But God knows best for your life. And Naaman says, how dare he not even come out to speak to me? I could wash in the clean rivers of home if washing would do it. And one of his servants very wisely says to him, if he had told you to do something great, you would have done it. Why don't you just trust and do the simple thing? So Naaman goes to the water. And he dips once and twice and three times. Four, five, and six, and he still has leprosy, and he's getting dirtier in the mud than he was before he got in. But on the seventh, on the seventh time, he is now clean. On the seventh time, he is now made whole. He is restored. What does that tell us? That tells us that sometimes what we've been asking God to do, we've been digging away at it, going, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this. We're missing what God's trying to do because we're too determined what we want. And God says, find what I want. Become who I've called you to be. Be who I've chosen you to be. Live the way that I've told you to live and see what I can do for you. Stop trying to dictate to God what your miracle needs to be. Start trusting God that He has everything you need because God is your miracle. But part of the problem with not digging is we're tired of waiting. And we're tired of God not lining up with our plan. But here's the other side of it. Here's the other part of the problem. We end up like Abraham. God, you gave me a promise, but since you're not going to do what you promised you were going to do, I'll now manufacture the fulfillment of the promise. Abraham says, God, you told me I'd have a son, but since you haven't given Sarah and I a son, I I'm going to make it happen. He'll still be my son, so I'm going to go over here with Hagar, and I'm going to have a baby with Hagar, and Lord, I that way the promise will be done. And God, God doesn't need your help. I love the way that the pastor Jim Symbolist says it. Jim Symbolist says it this way. Jim says, he says, most of us get tired of waiting on God, so we try to fix the problem ourselves, and we create a bigger problem that takes God longer to fix than the original problem would have. We cause our own issues to compound because we're not digging for the promise the way God's told us to. You know what God's spoken to your heart. Oh, Pastor Don, you don't understand. I, I, I need a spouse. No, what you need to do is honor God with righteousness and trust God He's formed the right person for you. 
Oh, but pastor, that's not the way it works. Nowadays, this is how you do it. No, the way it works is honor God and God will honor you. That's the way it works. Honor God and He will honor you. Listen, stand with me if you would today. God's speaking to our hearts. God's speaking to our lives. Somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you. Stop trying to dictate to God what the promises are going to look like and start trusting God to fulfill His Word in your life. People will come to me and go, it's just not working, Pastor. It's not working. The Bible says that, that if you honor God, He'll honor you. And the Bible says if, uh, you know God will do this and God will do that. And I'm saying, you've only been to church three times in your life. And you're saying God's not working? You see, sometimes before He works in your problem, He works in you. Last service, we had the graduation time for the, the Waypoint guys. About seven or eight guys are graduating. I'm so proud of them. But this is what God spoke to me about them, and maybe it applies to some of you. They're thinking, okay, when I'm out of this program, this is what it's going to look like when I go back to my life. I said, get ready. It's not going to look that way. You're going to need a shovel of faith because you're going to have to start cultivating it, making it to be what you expect it to look like. God's waiting for you to start digging and some of you, I don't know why in this service I feel it a little bit different. Some of you need to dig your hills in. You need to dig in. the Instead of digging in the hills, you need to dig your hill in. Say, I'm standing. And I'm not running. I'm standing on God's promises. I feel like somebody knows exactly who you are. Uh, God's speaking to you directly. I mean, you feel like God has just read your mail. Stand. And remember the word, and we're going to pray after this. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Bow your heads with me. Living God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the Holy Spirit and for the power of God that is ours through Christ. I ask you now in Jesus' name that through your power, through your victory, you living, my goodness, I feel you, Holy Ghost. Would you just slip your hand up in worship of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to speak to you exactly what just came in my heart. This is what I feel like the Lord just put in my heart. Who are you to, who are you to think God would forget about you? How dare you think that God has forgotten His promise in your life? God spoke it and God will for, fulfill it. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Who are you to think that God would make the exception for you, He has never allowed one word of His to fall to the ground and He will not allow it in your life. Stand your ground. Take that shovel of faith and see the salvation of the Lord. Put your hands down for just a moment today. God's speaking to people in this place. God's ministering to people right here. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I've got an area in my life that I need to dig in deeper. I need, I need faith. I need to apply faith. And I've got to dig for the promise. Can I see your hand if that's you? Just hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hands all over this place. My goodness. I'm going to say what again. I'm just judge my Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Holy Ghost of the living God. Who are we to wonder why the Holy Spirit has chosen this day to show up and begin to move? Who are we to wonder why He's moving the way He is in our hearts right now? God is in control. We will not manufacture the miracle. God will provide. Holy is the Lord. With everybody praying, I didn't embarrass those. I'm going to pray for those in just a moment. But I also want to speak to those who are here and say, Pastor Don, I need to trust Jesus with my life. I need to give my heart and my soul to Jesus Christ. 
I can't dig with faith because I've never began with faith. And I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that's you, I want to pray for you just like I'm going to pray for these others in just a moment. If that's you, would you hold your hand up high in the air so today's your day. Thank you, thank you. Who will join these two that are making their, li their life right with Jesus today? With Jesus, thank you. Who will join these three? Who will join them? Making their life right with Jesus today. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Don, I, I love Jesus, but I gave up on my promise. Too short. And today I'm willing to take my promise again. I'm willing to, to grab hold of it again. If that's you, can I see your hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Father, before I pray for these that are going to commit their lives to you, I pray for everyone in this room. Because everyone here has a promise in Christ. And Lord, too many have given up on their promise. They've given up too, too soon and too short. God, I ask you in Jesus' name that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you will equip them to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. That they will step in a little deeper and that you will help them, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. Lord, you see those that are standing for not only themselves, but they're standing for their families, God. And they're standing for love, lost loved ones. Lord, they're standing. Lord, they shall see their family know you. They shall be saved. Lord, for those standing for that perfect spouse, God, I pray, send the right one into their life. Send the right one. You created and formed them for them. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. By the power of Christ, by the victory of Jesus, I pray. With your heads bowed, and let me speak to those three or four that raised their hands to give their life to Christ today. We're going to pray with you in just a moment. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, you would be born again. We're going to walk through that and God's going to change your life forever today. I'm praying He changes your life so radically that you just know what's happened inside of you so clearly today. And we're going to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and we believe God's going to change your life right now forever. Would you join hands with someone near you, everyone in this room? You don't know you might be holding hands with one of those that raised their hand today to give their life to Christ. And today, let's pray this prayer of faith in Christ together, all of us together as you pray with these. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I repent of my sin. You see my past, my present, and my future. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, I believe he died for me. He arose for me. He lives for me. And now by faith, I declare, God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. Heaven is my home. And this matter is settled. Amen and amen. Now come on, give God some praise today. Amen.
That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.